Welcome to PageCast at Kingsmead College Book Fair, proudly brought to you by Jonathan Ball Publishers. I'm Nicola and I'm joined now by Justice Mlala to chat about his latest book, The Plot to Save South Africa, The Week Mandela Averted Civil War and Forged a New Nation. Hi, Justice. Thanks so much for bobbing by the PageCast studio. It's your second round in the last few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely to be here. It's so it's so fantastic. There are so many people. To be among people who love books and are engaged and are asking questions, it's mm. just, you know... It uh, it restores your faith in humanity, but but for me it just reminds me. I used to love books so much when I was a kid, and uh, and to be among people like this, it's like I've come back to my own little village, you yeah. know. These festivals are so important to you know bring awareness to books. What do they mean to you? You know, I I think they're important for that about books and so forth. But it's so it's so great from an audience perspective to just hear these views and people kind of you know have a little uh, uh, sparring match and and it sets off all kinds of ideas. I think for everyone who writes. You know, you keep on seeing scenes as people talk to you, you talk to people and so forth. I think, you know, this particular one is is so lovely. They have a massive children's section and to see all these young people going off to, to read and listen to authors, it's, I mean, I wish I had a childhood like that. It would have been so, it's wonderful. It's really great. And and I think even with all the challenges, some of us get about AI and so forth, it just makes you think, if you read books, you have the capacity to dream, to to think of worlds and places that are you've never been to. And I think, I, I see I see all the people here and I say, wow, you know, these are people who've traveled in their minds into the world that I've created and that others have created. So I, I just love it. I, I it, it means a lot to me. Mm, definitely. Oh. That's lovely. In your latest book, The Plot to Save South Africa, The Week Mandela Averted Civil War and Forged a New Nation, you discuss a pivotal week in South Africa's history. Can you briefly outline those key events, the decisions that occurred during this time? <laughs> I'm not going briefly. to give <laughs> I'm not going to give away my plot. <laughs> read the book, basically. <laughs> read the book. Read the book. No, no. It's a it's you know, it's a well known I'm trying to shine light on a well known event and, and that was the assassination of Chris Hani on the uh, weekend, the Easter weekend of uh, uh, 10 April 1993. And on that weekend, a right-wing extremist followed one of the most popular leaders of the ANC, Chris Hani, uh, to his home, shot him twice in the chest, shot him twice to the back of the head with his uh, 13-year-old daughter uh, looking on. It was horrific, horrific murder. But what it did and what the, the assassin wanted to trigger was a war between black and white in South Africa at a time that was very volatile uh, in our country. So I tried to retrace what happened in that week, but I wanted to illustrate how Nelson Mandela and other people, and, and I'm, I'm very... I want to say Nelson Mandela isn't just the hero of this of this book. He he is one among many leaders who did extraordinary things to keep the peace process, the democracy project going, and to prevent and frustrate uh, the right wingers' attempt to essentially set black against white, white against black. The the. The motive for the killing of Chris Hani was that it would cause so much anger in the black community. 
that there would be riots, there would be protests, and the the army would then say the country has become lawless and go into the townships and impose martial law. And so you'd have a country that was essentially living living under a dictatorship. And as part of their plan or thinking was that FW Klerk and others would be kicked out of power, you'd have a milita- military regime in place, and um, and we'd become the apartheid state of 1975 and all that and all that. So, so this was the plan, and the 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 work of leadership that week was to was to frustrate that plan. And I think Nelson Mandela did a lot to do that. I think there were other actors. Uh, readers will be happy to find uh, whether it's uh, President Ramaphosa in his younger years, in his more decisive years. Uh, in this book, you'll find other current leaders who were playing minor, major parts in the life of South Africa then. Uh, Rolf Meyer on the uh, apartheid government side and so forth. All these people were in that week at play in South Africa and and doing their best to avert that civil war that uh, the killers wanted. Mm. It was also a pivotal week in your career. It was, it was. Um, so I was... Uh, I was an intern, I was a trainee journalist at the Star, and that weekend, because all the senior journalists had taken off, like many South Africans taking the Easter weekend off, I ended up, and and interestingly enough, being at the festival here, one of my colleagues, so, so um, Leanne Alfreds, was an intern with me, and and we were both told to be in for that weekend. So, in fact, the person I went to uh, Don Park with is here today, and it was so wonderful to see her. And like, I remember that day, just as you wrote about it, um, which it, it's just it's just fantastic. I hope I, I, I managed to chat to her a little bit more, actually. Um, but it was great. So it was a pivotal week for me in the sense that it was my first job. Uh, my family was quite activist and and you know we followed what happened in the country very closely and so the release of Nelson Mandela the unbanning of the ANC had been big big moments for us and the idea of freedom and democracy was one that we we held very dear it was this would be our chance to be to be just ordinary South Africans and work and so forth. And so the, the matter of Crisani on that day, just after, soon after I'd started my first job, was, oh dear, and uh, is my life going to be lived in, you know, under the cloud of a, of a sort of dictatorships that hugs back to apartheid. So, so very scary time, very scary days, but, but yeah, so it was a big, it was a big week for, for me. So I, I went out to, uh, Chris Honey's house and, uh, and it was terrible. People were, people were in tears. People were in mourning. Yeah. A, a dark cloud hung over the country that week. Before we speak more about the book, what made you go into journalism? 
<laughs> my my editor uh, uh, won't like this answer. I have to tell you that. Um, um, because editors are, are fantastic at saying, oh, you wrote a book like this, that's fantastic. Will you write another one that's like this one so that people can, you know, get used to you yeah. and love you for this, for this kind of books? But actually, and I always say this to people, I, I read, I grew up on on crime thrillers, on mystery novels. I, that's, I wanted to write them. <laughs> I wanted to get out of, you know, uh, current affairs and write <laughs> books that, you know, there's a killer and, and there's a, there's a dead body and who, who done it? You well, know? technically. <laughs> <laughs> a bit like that. So, so actually, when I was young, I, I, you know, I wanted to change the world a bit with my journalism, yes. But I also wanted to get the technical skills to write. I wanted to sharpen my, my writing to, to be able to know what the meaning of a short sentence really is and, and what it does to the language and so forth. So, so that's how I got into journalism. There were two, there just two drivers. I, I was, I was a big fan and a big reader of, uh, newspapers. My father believed in newspapers. Um, he worked in Johannesburg when I grew up in Hammanskral, which is north of Pretoria. And he'd come to Joburg in the week. And on Friday, he'd come back home with a bunch of newspapers and he'd say to my brothers, my brothers and my sisters, um, you guys have to read these newspapers. Next Saturday, we're going to sit down and have a discussion. Oh. So <laughs> in my family on a Friday evening, because you haven't read those papers all week, <laughs> you had you these kids sitting there, oh, what's in your paper? Climbing for the next day's discussion with my dad. Oh, I admire <laughs> your father so much. <laughs> so, so that was quite funny. Um, but that's, you know, so I knew all the reporters. I knew the reporting. I loved it. I, I you know, I was the biggest kind of fan when I went into journalism because I just knew who the editors were. I'd followed their work. I'd read, you know, I was, I really, I loved it. I, I really, I, I enjoyed it. I loved it. I, it gave me a big thrill to be in journalism. Mm. And I loved, uh, I loved going to places where many other people didn't like going. I, I went to, uh, I've been lucky enough to travel all over this country, uh, outside of South Africa because of journalism. And, and it's, you know, it's, I've been very lucky in that sense, uh, really, I'd yeah. say. So, so that's, that was, those were two of the things I wanted to write about people, you know, um, show their lives and so forth. And, uh, I think I got a chance to do that, particularly in the 1990s. Uh, when I wrote, my journalism was really more about ordinary people going through tough times, going through crises and so forth. And then you get more into kind of hard politics and you're talking to politicians all the time, which can be a bit boring. <laughs> but yeah, so, so really I wanted to write, I wanted to write fiction and I think I've, I will go back to writing some fiction one day. Yeah, maybe not crime fiction, but. <laughs> Some fiction. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows what, what the next book might hold. <laughs> exactly, exactly. In your opinion, has South Africa made progress in the last 30 years? South Africa has made immense, huge amounts of progress. Um, we, we, take, uh, we take that progress for granted many, many times. In 1993, when I started my journalism, uh, the police could still turn up and, uh, and just 
search your offices and do all kinds of things. Uh, just three years before, there were journalists in detention and so forth in South Africa. I remember at the Star in 93, Jacques Poe had written some amazing exposes um, in Freie Wegblatt. Freie Wegblatt was destroyed and closed down by the apartheid government. In South Africa today, unlike in Russia or many other places, in South Africa today, there isn't a journalist who is in jail. There isn't an opposition leader, whether it's Julius Malema, it's Songhezo Zibi, or it's John Steinhazen. They can insult the president. They can shout at him. No one throws them in jail. If you go to Russia today, there are opposition leaders doing 20 years, 15 years, 25 years in prison. So... The beauty of freedom is that you actually don't see it. You don't realize that it's here. It's, I have it. It's when it gets taken away that you realize, oops, what happened here? I'm a big fan, if you will, of, of South Africa, the post-1994 South Africa. I think we've done incredibly well. That said, we've got massive, massive problems. Uh, it's unsustainable for us to live in a country where 66% of young people uh, are jobless, to live in a country where we have the widest Gini coefficient. That means that, that, that <laughs> it's, we, we are so unequal. Half the country lives without an inkling of how the other half lives, how wealthy the other half is, and can't even comprehend the, the, the sheer <laughs> the sheer luxury of of that other world so so i think the challenge the transformation of society is still not we we still a far we still far from from fulfilling i think the the dreams the uh, reaching the aspirations of the founding fathers of the 1994 generation so there's work to be done but but i'm I'm proud of what we achieved in 1994. I, I think there's big debates about did people sell out or this and so forth. I don't think they, they sold out, but I think that what we did, and, and I'd speak of my generation of people who inherited the 1994 settlement, we did nothing with, with, with the great gift that we were given. And, and I think that's terrible and a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Looking ahead, what can current leaders learn from Mandela's approach to reconciliation going forward? I think they can learn. That, that for me, there's several things about Nelson Mandela we can learn. Uh, well, there's lots we can learn from Nelson Mandela. But I think actually today's leaders can learn something. Nelson Mandela was, was a radical. Um, people say, oh, Mandela was a nice guy and look at reconciliation wasn't that amazing. That is to misread Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela is in the book I write about, you know, he stood in front of that, of that car of many crowds and told them, we are radical. We are radicals for peace. We want peace, but it doesn't mean that we will give away all our principles or any of our principles just to achieve that peace. So he pushed, it just, he didn't push in a way that, uh, that said, let, let's take up the machine gun and the spear and so forth, because he'd done that. He, he started MK. I think today's leaders can learn to be radicals for transformation, to be radical for 
to be radical about development of people, um, to be radical about fighting poverty and, and the, the sheer corruption and, and failure that we've, we've garnered over the past 30 years. I think uh, uh, Nelson Mandela went for his goals and, and, and largely achieved them, a new constitution, a people-based democracy and so forth. We, we need to implement those. And I think those leaders we have today across the board would do well to learn about that, to, to say, you can, you, you know, that we are all agents of change and that, and that we can achieve amazing things if we really put, um, shoulder to the wheel. Definitely. Mm, What's next other than a murder mystery? <laughs> <laughs> um, several ideas. I, I, you know, I, I haven't settled on one, but I, I'm beginning to feel like this book is now out in the world and that I, I can begin to think about, about another one. And so, you know, I, I've got some ideas, but I. You'll keep them to yourself for now. <laughs> I'll keep them to myself for now. Also, I just, I haven't settled on one and I feel like I have all these babies. And I don't know which one to love at the moment. So. <laughs> okay, well, we look forward to it, Justice. Thank yeah. you very, very much. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. The plot to save South Africa, the week Mandela averted civil war and forged a new nation is available at all good bookstores. So go out and get your copy. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.